Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My name is Victor Furman. Some call me The Voice. I've always been fascinated with human nature, spirituality, science, and the crossroads at which they meet. Join me now and we will explore these topics and so much more with fascinating guests, authors, and experts who will guide us to Destination Unlimited. In virtually every culture, faith, and belief system, you'll find the presence of supernatural beings. Some are referred to as angels, others as guides, and others as entities. Is there a connection between these beings and also a possible connection with ETs? Returning to Destination Unlimited this week is my dear friend Dave Emmons. In addition to being a lifelong experiencer of alien contact, Dave has made an extensive study of all forms of spiritual beings and their contact with humanity in many forms. His previous books include They, What Do They Want?, and Senseless Wars and Conflicts. He joins me this week to share his continuing path and latest book, Angels and Supernatural Entities, The Alien-Angel Connection. Please join me in welcoming back to Destination Unlimited, Dave Emmons. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Victor. And uh, you're a great guy. And we, we've always had fun when we've talked. And and your voice is, is uh, really, I mean, it's great. I have a what they call a radio voice, but you have a speaking voice. I, I love that. I love the voice. Dave, for our listeners meeting you for the first time, please share your early life and how it set the stage for your calling. Well, my early life, I, I started, I was, a, of course, uh, an impoverished kid. I had 10 brothers and sisters. Uh, I played simply in boxes and things of that nature and in the yard. And um, I started off in, well, in high school, I've made pretty good grades. I was always, I guess, I didn't have to study much. I just went in and, and, and did my thing. But I had my first UFO uh, encounters in 1962, uh, and I saw one outside my house. I was sitting out there. My other brothers and sisters were inside, and this one was uh, had blue like light, uh, you know, flashing underneath of it. And the second one, I'll make this quick because it's an intro. Uh, the second was in 1963 with a friend of mine. We saw this this uh, looked like a, a Nazi flying saucer or one of these little chubby tops that you kind of wind up. And we saw this and we, we stood there and watched this thing. We don't know how long. And I had a regressed dream later that we were abducted and we were on that craft. Uh, and then after that, I, I played music with my brothers uh, for 40 years. I went to school. I, I got a communications degree. Uh, I, I went into radio journalism just a little bit at a time because I had other jobs that I went to that made more money. So I was in, in the x-ray and I was uh, 
uh, into, uh, I guess, refinery supervisor in which they, they all have made more money than radio, unless you become a big, you know, accredited person and, uh, and then you're, you're going to get these sponsors. But then I, I've seen four other UFOs since then up close. I've had encounters with three ETs in person. I've had uh, regressed lucid dreams about the other three or four that I saw. And these dreams are very lucid. And I've had little paranormal things that's been going on even as of this day that keep going on and things that remind me that they're still watching me. They're still with me. Uh, we don't know. I don't know if they're ETs or angels at times. And that's what we're going to talk about is uh, the new book, Angels and the Supernatural Entities. Interesting that you were a few years older than I am, but uh, we had very similar experiences. When I got out of the Air Force in 1979, I'd been with Armed Forces Radio and TV doing broadcasting in Korea and Guam. And I had applied to a bunch of radio stations and every place that I applied to was willing to hire me. They loved my tapes. But they were paying starvation wages, and I had a young family at the time, and I had to go into business because that was a background I also had had, and that was the way I was able to support my family. But we come from that similar background. Right, and also with the implants and ET experiences and with angelic uh, experiences together, that's why we click and that's Absolutely. why you know i i love talking to you and i told my wife i said she said she said you're going to do this interview on a saturday i said for victor yes i will <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. what was your faith background as a child and your understanding of the divine and our relationship with god i started off going the preachers used to come to people's homes back in the 50s you you might remember the 60s more uh, but they used to come to the homes during the 50s, and they would talk to my mom, in which my mom had 12 kids. Of course, she lost one at birth, but she had 11. Seven of us played music for 40 years. Uh, and we were talking about she's 95, and she's had E.T. and UFO experiences. And she also saw a craft along with me. She's a witness with me in 2011. But she's has an interesting life in, in that, by that part of it. But I went to almost every church imaginable. I started off in a Baptist church when I was six or seven years old. The preacher had us go to his church, and my brother and I went there, my older brother and I, and uh, we they gave us a Bible and everything, and we didn't know what it was all about. We listened to him, and we, we were listening to the preacher shouting and everything, and that kind of scared us a little bit. Uh, so we didn't go, and we told my mom, and mom says, well, if you're afraid to go, let, you're not going anymore. I'll tell the preacher when he comes here again. So. After that, though, as for, after I was a kid, I, I visited churches even in my teen years with friends. I visited Catholic Church, uh, Methodist Church, Pentecostal Church. Uh, I've, I've been to all of them. And so I, I have a good background in knowing what each one of these denominations do. And I do believe in God. I always did. And I believe in Jesus highly. And I accepted it, uh, the Jesus story at, at face value. But now I know there's more to the Jesus story and who he actually was and what he was actually trying to prove or prove to people back then that didn't understand him really. But I, my faith, I got into Catholic. I was baptized Catholic, uh, confirmed, and I was also baptized Protestant. So I have a, I have a, I guess you can call it a research in religion, not so much as a steady diet. I, I went to Catholic church for about maybe eight, nine years that was probably the most I've ever spent in church. But nowadays, I don't 
attend church. My wife would love to. She's a she's a fundamentalist, and I'd like to go, but I I don't like what the preachers are preaching. A lot of it's turned into money now. It's all about the money. And it's also, I find that with all my research and all the scientists I talk to and people like yourself, Victor, I get, I put the pieces of the puzzle all together and I kind of find out that they're, they're not on the right track, that they're, they're part of our, our history that's not correct. And before we talk about your new book, Angel, uh, Angels and Supernatural Entities, uh, let's talk about what we talked about last time, your book, They, What Do They Want? What do they want? <laughs> hey, here's here's what here's what they they want. And I've I've had some experiences. I think I've talked to you about the last six years uh, having weird experiences. Uh, there's three three types of visitations. And number one is bedside. They'll come to your bedside. And I had a little gray come to my bedside one time. And uh, and what they do is they kind of knock you out. And if you're with your wife or anything she's put out she's she doesn't remember anything she's asleep and she's asleep when they come and then they just they just make sure she stays asleep and then what they do is they put you out they take semen samples dna samples and they take frequency samples uh from your your mind they read your mind they record everything that's in your mind uh they get that and then they get the dna and why they do the dna thing well the semen thing is is something that they make hybrids out of and actually, they they make these hybrids for other planets. We're not the only humans in this universe, or maybe universes, 11 universes. It's huge. It's infinity. We don't know what infinity is, really. But they make these hybrids from our semen and our DNA, and they, they take and make these humans on other planets. And that's what they're doing. And also, when, when, they, when they have these animal mutilations, that's what they're doing with animals. They're taking the tender spots of the bo- uh, the body where the DNA is is pretty rich, like in the lips, uh, the anus, and the and the you know the the sexual organs, and some of the stomach area. They take this DNA, and they're reproducing cattle. This is protein for other humans on other planets. So this is kind of like a Noah's Ark type of thing. They're planting humans on other planets, are reinforcing the human civilization on other planets we're not the only humans like i said earlier we are not the only humans and this is why they take the dna semen samples and also animal mutilations there's a second form of what they do uh they to me they froze me six years in a row i woke up around three o'clock or so and my hands were across my stomach like i was laying in a coffin i never lay like that because i got a bad back usually lay on my right side and I found myself laying on my back, and I was frozen. I mean, I felt my arms. I thought I was dead. I looked over at my wife, and she was sound asleep. And I, I wasn't thinking, though. My mind was actually turned off. I got up, went to the bathroom. When you're cold, you have to go take a, you know, you have to go urinate. So I come back to bed, covered up. I was so exhausted that I just fell off to sleep. But the next morning, I remembered what happened. This happened six years in a row between August 11th and August 14th. One time it happened in January. I have it in my book. I've wrote it down. I've talked to several doctors about it. And they said, well, the cold spell could have been your air conditioner or something, or you wasn't covered up. I said, no, but it was August. It was hot. The air conditioner was on 72. I said the room was at 72. 
And I said, I was covered up, you know, with blanket. And, and they said, okay, well, it could have been your body. You know, you had a, maybe a, a, a kind of a, a sugar level drop or whatever. I said, well, how about six years in a row on about the same date? And then the doctor, this was a great doctor. She was one of the best I ever had. She had a helper with her. Well, not a helper, but a trainee. And they both looked at each other. And then she looked at me. Her eyes got real wide. And she goes, six years in a row, same date. I said, yes. And she didn't know what to say. And then she said, I don't know what to tell you, David. And I said, well, it, it truly happened. And actually, she ended up getting a copy of my book. So maybe she knows what happens uh, happened to me. But that's the second way they do is they take your energy, they take your soul, your consciousness, and they take it to another dimension. Your body is left there without energy. So your body's going to go cold because the energy isn't there to drive the, the body temperature. They do this probably in a short while because when they go to another dimension, their time is different than our time. Uh, I could be gone just physically, the energy physically gone for five minutes, but to another dimension, that could be another, I could be an hour or two hours that they're examining me or they're training me for some kind of a mission that I don't know. I've never had regressed dreams from these frozen missions, I call them. The third way is when they abduct you and take you on board a ship. I've, I've had that happen, and uh, that's that's happened to me several times. I have lucid dreams about being on board these ships, and I actually was on board I what I call it a Noah's Ark ship, uh, where they created this, this life. So those are the three forms of abductions, and the reason why they do this is that they're reading your consciousness. They want to know how conscious you are about things around you, and they only usually pick on people that have a—, a that take the box off their head. That's what I'm trying to say. And then you have the consciousness to accept them and to, and to believe in them. And that's who they're attracted to, but they're also attracted to your DNA frequencies. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Your, your DNA frequencies let them know where you're at. Because they followed me from, what, Illinois? They followed me to Alaska, uh, Philippines, wherever I went, they knew where I was at because they can track me through my DNA frequency. We all have different frequencies uh, with our DNA. It's almost like a radio station or whatever. But the implants, like you and I have, Victor, the implants are for a different reason. Uh, the Actually, the carbon-based implants in which are which they dissolve in your body, and I had one in my left leg, and I took that out, they actually look like little octopi or brain neurons in the microscope. And what they do is they follow your nerve patterns. They go up through your nervous system and then they attach to your, your, your brain. And actually they, they, they can, they change how you think they actually improve your intelligence. There is actually a study uh, from Harvard. And also I, I had the scientists on my program a couple of weeks ago who talked about this. He was involved in this study. He said that these, he said anybody who's had UFO or ET experiences, they they get a certain amount of a higher intelligence level. They 
they start doing things differently. They start, you know, being smarter, I guess you could say. And I said, oh, I'm glad for that. You know, gee, I didn't want anything to make me more dumb as I get older. But uh, uh, that was great to hear. I mean, the Harvard study said that the people that have these contacts are abductees. Uh, they have an increase in intelligence and awareness, consciousness. And that's what I think you have and I have that. So that's a good thing. You know, but, based upon yeah. method number one that you had mentioned or, or reason number one that you had mentioned, I wonder if there is a little Dave and a little Victor on another planet someplace else. There is. I had a double. <laughs> I had a double coming out of New Mexico, the Trinity site. Uh, I was I was there and it was in 2010 when I was doing 2010, 2011, 2012. I, I, I went out to Sedona and I traveled quite a bit out west for the energy and for the spiritual connection. Uh, something had a thud on my window as I was driving. It was a clean, pristine road. It's where Smokey the Bear lives. It was his hometown right there. It was just uh, about 20 miles north of the Trinity Center where the first atom bomb went off. And I asked the ladies there, I said, hey, is there any trips to the Trinity? They said, no, that's two times a week, and you gotta, you have to sign up for it, and you got to get on a bus. You can't go by yourself. You're supervised when you go out there. I said, oh, wow. I said, well, this is not the day. So I went on. But when I got down the road, I, I felt a thud on my passenger side of the window. And then I felt the hair on the back of my neck just go up. And I said, whoa. It was kind of like some kind of energy hit you. And like I said, there wasn't any rocks. It was clean, a very clean highway. I've never seen one this clean, really. There wasn't any rocks in the road or anything. And I thought, okay. And I felt something weird for about five minutes. And all of a sudden, thump. There was another thump that went back out the window. And I thought, something just happened. And, of course, I slowed down to try to figure out, okay, what's going on? And then I went to Roswell, spent a night there. And I went to a uh, a hotel in San Antonio and the gal there make this story short. We talked and we, you know, she was pretty, pretty nice gal receptionist. And then she told me that the next morning she looked mad at me. She said she was, you know, she said she was afraid or whatever. And I said, what afraid of what? And she goes, you, she goes, you followed me last night. I said, no, I didn't. She said, you were at the Walmart after I got off work at 1130. I said, no, I wasn't. And then she went on to, you know, say it was you because it was dressed like you. It looked like you. And I said, no, it was not me. I was in bed at 1030 because I hurt my leg, scratched my leg when I drug uh, my car kind of took off on its own. I, I tried to catch it. thought I'd be a he-man and hold it back. But I scraped my leg all up on the gravel. I took some Advil and I put some ointment on. I, I went to sleep early, 1030. I said, that was not me. I was so mad at her. I thought. I'm going to tell her manager, but I thought, okay, this is a woman's word against my word. I'm from out of town. So guess what? You know, I, I'm just, I just figured I'd just moonwalk out the door, get in my car and take off. Mm -hmm. And then I went to get my car looked at for hail damage uh, after I got back uh, at the dealership. And there was a guy there who saw me sitting down. I just sat down for about a minute. I just give the paperwork to the guy, the body guy, he was going to give me an estimate. And I sat there and this guy said, you've been here a long time. I said, no, sir, I haven't. He goes, yes, you have. I said, what do you mean? I said, I just sat down, sir. And he looked like he just got done golfing or whatever. You know, he looked like a lawyer or whatever type. And he said, I'm, he pointed his finger. He said, I'm not going to tell you, you know, what you look like or how I seen you. But he said, it was you. And he said, I don't know why you're lying. I said, sir, I'm not lying. I said, I, I said, I don't know what you've seen. 
And he says, I'm not going to go any further with this. He said that it was you. You've been here two hours. Mm -hmm. So in that same time period, within days, somebody saw me twice. So that kind of told me there was a double. They make a double of you. Your new book, Angels and Supernatural Entities, The Alien Angel Connection. You share that during your service in Vietnam, you sensed you were protected by a guardian angel. What was this like, and how did this awaken angel consciousness for you? Well, Victor, when I was in Vietnam, I we were under fire uh, quite a bit. We, you know, we I, I saw a lot of action, but we were under fire one night, and a guy was sitting down in the bunker, and he was reloading his weapon, and I was up up shooting. And he, he pulled on my pant legs and he said, he said, Dave, do you believe in God? And I looked at him and said, yes, I do. And he, and he said, could you pray for me? I said, I'm praying for us right now. I said, but God wants you to get up and, and, and defend yourself. I said, get up and start shooting. I said, uh, let's, let's get with the program. So, but that wasn't the only time. I also, I was uh, out putting in Claymore mines myself and another guy. I was a platoon sergeant. So I had to, kind of, you know, keep watch on things. We were putting in these claymores and a sniper took a shot uh, at me. It went right over my head, sounded like a bumblebee, and it just missed me by inches. And I I told the other guy to hit the dirt, and then they, he fired again, and the round went in front of me. And I thought, okay, something's protecting me. And so we called the chopper in, and they took out the sniper. And uh, the guy said, that was with me he said how did you how did you know that this was you know a sniper i said didn't you see the rounds he said yes i did he said uh so and i said i think i think the angels helped us i told this guy so i felt there was something watching over me and whenever there was time in a combat situation like being in a truck one time one incident it happened this happened several times we would get rocket fire and mortar fire and we were moving in a truck and i had a squad there with me in the truck and I told, and the truck driver stopped and they looked at me and they all looked at, at me. And when it comes to making a decision, life or death, it's kind of a real heavy load, Victor, it, it, you know, especially my young age, I was only about 20 years old and they asked me, what are we going to do? And I just went quiet and I listened, you know, you know, the, uh, the Bible and, you know, God, Victor, that instead of you said and listen, God will talk to you. So what he what what I was listening for was what to do, and it told me what to do. It says, "Do not stop, you know. Don't leave the truck stopped because they'll, they'll pinpoint you. Move the truck as fast as you can and get back to the compound." And so that's what I did. I found it on the truck top. I said, "Move fast, get back to the compound," and then uh, and I said, "Everybody down." So, but when I when I started. Sometimes when, when those decisions come to you, other guys or people that you're in charge of will look at you like, you're going to kill us all. What are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting for something to tell me what I should do. Mm-hmm. So that's the angel inter- intervention. His book is called Angels and Supernatural Entities, The Alien Angel Connection. Dave Emmons, please tell our listeners where they can get your book and find out more about you. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I told the radio station last night, I said, Google me, baby. <laughs> that's a good, that's a shirt that I should wear as a Google me, baby. I'm all, over, I'm all over the internet, but you can, you can find my books on Amazon and actually Amazon's going to be my publisher on this other book. 
but uh, and well, the next two books, I guess. Uh, but I I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Kindle with my books, and I've got a website on Hanger One Publishing. They've got the website on me and my two books uh, for now. Uh, that's one I have another publisher coming up soon, but they have my website on Hanger One Publishing. Look that up. You can find my books. But if you go into Facebook or if you go into YouTube or, or if you go into Rumble, uh, LinkedIn, you'll find my my shows, uh, Strange Reality uh, shows that I that I've been recording and putting and posting on all these uh, sites. So that's how they can find me. And we'll be back with more of Dave after these words on the Ohm Times Radio Network. The cutting edge of conscious radio. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Hi, this is Bill Maher. I can find humor in almost anything, but one thing I never laugh about is cruelty to animals. If you don't get the joke either, write People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, 501 Front Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23510. Back on Destination Unlimited, my guest this week, my dear friend Dave Emmons, we're talking about his new book, Angels and Supernatural Entities, The Alien Angel Connection. Based upon your extensive research and experience, Dave, what is an angel? Well, an angel was made, some people say it was made because of Jesus was when he was here a couple of thousand years ago, but uh, they said not. Uh, angels were made way before mankind. Uh, our DNA goes back 4.5 billion years old and older. Scientists are fig- figuring that out uh, now that they say our DNA is older than 4.5 billion years old, and that's the age of the Earth. And what they're saying, and, and what a lot of scholars are saying, even the Bible says, that the angels were here before man because angels had to prepare uh, for mankind in order to help take care of them. So there are thousands and thousands and thousands, they say in the Bible, of angels that were created by God. There are, there are spiritual energy beings that can shapeshift and turn into anything they want. They can travel dimensions without any problem. Uh, distance and time is not a problem for uh, angels. They're basically like uh, extraterrestrial. Actually, they're considered extraterrestrial because they come uh, from outside of the earth realm. So, you know, it's that's that's what an angel is. They're a spiritual being, and they're invisible. They can come in your house. They're invisible, and they're, they can watch you, but they can manifest into something material, uh, in which in my book, I do have, you know, people who've seen angels uh, and with them and sitting beside their bedside and, and things of this nature. My my relatives, actually my sister and my mother just had that 
that that feeling, that sensation of something was with them in their hospital room. Uh, actually, my sister saw this woman come in, and uh, she was uh, the angel manifested into a human. What, what they do is they they know who you are. They read your mind. They know what you will accept. And it's like me. When I saw the lady in white in 1971 and in 1998, both times I come back from the war, 71, and, of course, I was a little bit traumatized. So angels will visit you whenever you're traumatized or when they when you need their help. They will come and show themselves. They must have some energy that they spread to you because it it, it you have a euphoric feeling when they're around you. And when I saw this lady in white in my, uh, you know, in my, I woke up at three o'clock and I felt something in the room and I saw this lady in white just standing there. And she was about five foot seven, five foot eight. She had a veil on, she had a white robe and she looked at me for a little while. And then she turned and walked away into my bathroom. I followed her and she wasn't there. She's gone. And that happened at my mom's house in 71. Uh, the same thing. She stood at my, uh, in the foot of my bed looked at me around the same time, three to four o'clock in the morning, walked into my mom's room. I woke her up. I said, did you see something? She goes, no. I said, there was a lady in white. She goes, no, I didn't see it. Uh, so that's how they come to you. They come to you how you feel more, I guess, comfortable with what they look like. They come to you in human form. Some people, they see angels with wings because that's how they perceive them in their mind. And whatever you perceive in your consciousness, the angels pick that up. Uh, but actually, angels are spiritual beings made by God, and God is this massive white energy that's in the center of all the universes. And so he's the creator, and I believe in God, a victor, and I, I believe that God creates. They say when light slows down, scientists have figured this out too, when light slows down, it turns into matter. And so God is nothing but this mass of energy, white, and, and the angels are created from that energy and that spiritual uh, energy that they, they come here to us, uh, and they, they know when we need our help. And I, that's what the book's about. It's Angels 101, actually, in a way, because I start off with the archangels. There's seven of those, and then there's thousands and thousands and thousands of worker bee angels that, that assist us. And then there's also spirit guides. Spirit guides can be anything. They can be your past relative. They can be a friend that has passed over. And it could be actually an animal, a dog that you that you love that can come to you in your time of need. And so spirit guides will tell you, you know, what you should do. A lot of times they talk to you in your sleep. They tell you what, you know, what what's your next move or what they try to comfort you and give you knowledge and wisdom. And that's angels are are just that. They're just energy that is created by God that is sent here. They come through dimensions to us whenever we need them, and they help us sometimes. A lot of a lot of times they don't help us. We have a, a destiny. Each human has a destiny. But if you if your destiny is not to end your life at that particular time, an angel will intervene and help you get through that, like they did me and like they did you, Victor. They help you in times of need, and they'll change your direction. That changes your your whole outlook on life when you have an encounter with an angel and you know that you had death facing you, and all of a sudden you're alive, and you feel so elated and so euphoric that that's that spiritual feeling. And I got that from actually ET visits too. So so ETs could actually have some kind of a spiritual energy with them also. So that's basically what an angel I think is all is all about. 
The last couple of years, whenever I've been contemplating something, having to make a major decision or have been bothered by something or emotionally upset, I have this feeling of someone or something brushing a hand on the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, you're talking about the same thing. You're talking about a spiritual connection. I've had that happen to me on my on my back and on my shoulder and on my head. I turned and asked my wife, did you touch me? And she was laying away from me, so I knew it wasn't her. And I've had this tingling energy feeling, in which I just told you happened about a week or so ago. Uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and my whole body, it, my first my chest tingled. I had this feeling before, and I thought, okay, this could be a heart attack. No, it's not. I didn't have any other any other functions that bothered me so much. The heart wasn't bothering me. I wasn't weak or, or nauseous or anything. And then the, my whole body tingled from head to toe. It was tingling, and it felt so good. I said, oh, wow. I just took a deep breath, and it was kind of like it, it was like so euphoric and spiritual that it was, and my mom was 95. I told her about it, and then she's had experiences. She told me, she said, that's a healing session. I said, wow, that's pretty sharp, mom. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, they were healing me, I guess. Uh, so, yes, I, I believe that the, what you're saying, the touching and the feeling, my wife's even felt that. She asked me, she said, did you touch me on the head? I said, no, I didn't. And, uh, and, and on my shoulders, I said, no, I didn't. So, actually, we're being visited. Yes, we are. It could be a spirit guide, could be maybe your past relative or a friend. Uh, also, these spirit guides could come from other planets. We don't mm. think about that. They could be other human beings with souls on other planets, just like us, that have passed away, but they have the ability to come here to our Earth or anywhere in the universe because, like I said, angels can travel dimensions without time or, or distance considered at all. So, yes, you're right, Victor. I, I feel that same way that you did. You were touched by an angel. Are angels independent agents, or are they under the direction of God? They are told what they should do. They, The archangels are actually in charge, uh, like Michael. He's the top uh, boss. They are in charge of helping mankind. And the angels are under a directive of God, from what I've read, that God doesn't individually tell them to go to each individual, uh, you know, Earth or another planet or, you know, to go to different people or human beings or even ETs. He's not directing them at each one, but he's given them the wisdom and knowledge to be able to understand who needs their help. And so they are under a directive like from God. It's just like if the president directs the military to go to war, then it's up to the generals to carry that war out. It's the same, it's in the same manner. God creates this this directive for the angels, and the angels carry that out on their own. They see where people need help, they go do their job. Uh can we be angels ourselves when we pass over? Yes. I've, I've, my research has told that when we pass over, uh, you know, we're reborn again, what they talk about in the Bible. And actually, we're reborn in the spirit um, a form. And that spirit form can take the form of a spirit guide. And they said even in the Bible that uh, the people, souls pass over, they could actually become an angel and and work and work with God and, and help people and, and the, uh, you know, I guess you call us matter or just a, 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 
a bucket of flesh, whatever you say, we're, that's all we are. You know, the, the body means nothing actually to God. We have to take care of that in order to maintain our spirit and our soul. How are angels in other faiths similar or different than the angels described in the Judeo-Christian tradition? Okay, I have a list of different uh, religions throughout mankind. Buddha, they don't exactly believe in angels. Uh, they, Buddha believed in heaven was the main power, or you, you would say heaven was the, the angel part of it. Now, Judea and Christian beliefs, they believe in angels, yes. Uh, they have the archangels listed and everything like that. And uh, there's seven of them, but they also, they're the ones who, who actually, I guess, progress this angel theory. But also the Muslims, a lot of people will be surprised. If you don't believe in angels, you can't be a Muslim uh, because they believe in angels too. Uh, there's a good part of the Muslims and there's a bad part, you know, of Muslims, the ones who, uh, you know, there's two different Qurans. And I think you know that, Victor, probably more than I do. But they actually believe in angels. The other religions believe in divas, like in India. They're, uh, you know, they're uh, Buddhism and they have Buddhism and Hinduism in, in India. And they actually believe in divas or the angels. Uh, these are they, you know, we call divas nowadays these female singers who are big pop stars and everything. But actually, divas were angels to the uh, to the Indian Eastern Indian people back thousands of years back ago. Uh, but they didn't have angels as we're saying. But they they had different names for the divas, and that's a long list of names. But I found that throughout all the religions, there's only a few of them that don't really believe. Like Buddhism is one of them. Don't really believe in angels, but the heavens above. Uh, and there's a, there's another religion. Uh, it's a name that I can't pronounce. I don't. It's a long list. I, I, I it's all in the book that I cover. But the majority of religions do believe in angels, and they believe that there's a contact with these these types of beings that come to them and visit them. They actually in the Bible. Uh, if you take a look at the Bible, Judeo-Christian, what they say in the Old Testament is a lot of times, in, like with Lot, the Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, there were two angels that visited them, told them to get out of town because there's going to be, God was going to have retribution and really destroy the town. So when they went to visit Lot and they were at his door, the people who were sinful, very sinful, and that's why they were destroying the town, they wanted to rape these two angels. So what that says is that these two angels were human-like. They they come in human form. And then throughout the Bible, it talks about, you know, like Ezekiel, Isaiah, they, they see human beings as being angels. So they take the form of human beings. So Judea, Christian, and Muslim, those religions really believe in angels, and the rest of them have a different thought, divas, uh, or they call them masters. So it's yeah, it's, it's so much different. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain how they how they feel about them. I mean, what what they what they say they are. You know, divas are something similar to humans. Uh, they take and give them wisdom. This is in India. India has a rich uh, history of, uh, I guess you say UFO and divas, and then one part believes in angels and representatives of wisdom and knowledge, but. 
it it's all basic to most all religions that there is some contact with the heavens or with angels who come in contact and give them wisdom and knowledge and also help them out in their deepest you know fears so yeah his book is entitled angels and supernatural entities the alien angel connection we'll be back with more of dave emmons after these words on the ohm times radio network Humanity Healing International is a small nonprofit with a big dream. Since 2007, HHI has been working tirelessly to bring help to communities with little or no hope. Our projects are not broad mandates, nor are they overnight solutions, but they bring the reassurance that no one is alone and that someone cares. To learn more, please visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Back on Destination Unlimited, my guest this week, my dear friend Dave Emmons, his new book, Angels and Supernatural Entities, The Alien Angel Connection. Dave, the book of Daniel introduces us to the Watchers. Who were the Watchers and how do they relate to angels and other spiritual beings? Well, actually, if you really go back to the book of Enoch, uh, the Watchers are mentioned there. And that's the time of Noah, uh, you know, and uh, it, it's, it goes back, well, scientists don't really know, but they're saying that uh, this thing with Noah happened something like 5,000 years ago, but it's actually older than that. It's handed down through, you know, cultural tradition, word of mouth and everything. The Watchers, they were actually, they were fallen angels in which some of them were I guess, demons or devils, half of them were. They said there was 200 of them that were bad. They were Nephilim, uh, part of the Nephilim uh, branch of, I guess, uh, bloodlines or whatever that was created. But actually, the Watchers were fallen angels, but they were the good ones who actually were mixed in with humankind, and they actually were working just like angels would, but they were actually in a physical form, so they saw them as human beings. There, there's a story with Jesus in which is, I guess, brings the Watchers up a little bit closer than than Enoch. Uh, there was a story about Jesus being in a town, and he had he went to dinner with this rich person, and his disciples they they told him that the Watchers told them that the Roman soldiers were coming or they were, they were coming to find out what's going on. And so it was actually the watchers or angels. They were taking care of Jesus. Uh, they were in human form and the watchers I'd, I'd had to say with all, I guess the struggle and understanding with what the watchers were, even from the, the book of Enoch, the three books he had, the watchers and Nephilim were all mentioned there together. Uh, and the, the bad, uh, angels, whatever, but the fallen angels, uh, this, they were, they were, their boss was the devil, of course, uh, Satan himself, uh, that had his own legions and his army here on earth, but they fought them. And actually in the Bible, it says that they fought them and, and, uh, the good one over the evil. Uh, but the watchers maintain themselves and working with humans. So they are the good angels. I, they're more or less like angels, you can call them. I don't think there was any definitive thing in the Bible that, that says that they're any different. But uh, the Watchers are probably somebody who's 
an angel that watches over us now. You know, they, they always say, well, there's angels watching over us. And so the the word watcher comes, I guess, along with the angels, but there's different uh definitions in the Bible and interpretations of the Bible, and they're still struggling with a lot of different interpretations. Uh, Greek, you know, uh, you got uh, Middle Eastern, you, you got uh, Jewish religion, Judea, that have different wordings and, and different definitions for things. But I would have to say that watchers, they, they protected Jesus. They let him know what was going on. They're angels and are guardian angels in a way. It's a mixture of all of it. So, yeah, but the watchers started with uh, Ezekiel, uh, and they, 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 Ezekiel, they didn't start with Ezekiel, but Ezekiel had, had also people that were telling him, and all the prophets were actually told or guided by watchers, and they called them angels. So they, there's a mix of, uh, you can call them, you know, watchers, angels, whatever, but it's a, it's a mixture. It's a confusing mixture that, that I've seen, but it's, it started. I was I was alluding to that. It started with the book of Enoch and the three books that he had. Uh, they talked about the watchers. So it's they're good angels, not the bad ones. Actually, Jesus said that the demons are not are not here. They've been defeated and they left. But the demons that we have, or the devil that we have, is inside of each person. That's, you know, the right shoulder, left shoulder, good and bad, uh, you know, devil or angel, whatever. Uh, each person has their own characteristics. Some people are bad. Some people are good. You got a 50-50 thing there. So they that's what they're trying to say. But the watchers, like getting back to that, they are angels in a way, and they take care of us. This discussion leads to a very important question. From your experience and research, what is the ET angel connection? The ET angel connection has never been really, I guess, deciphered or, or determined by scientists. Of course, academia stays away from uh, ET things and still until now with disclosure. ETs and angels are both extraterrestrial, and so are ghosts. And so are, you know, poltergeists. They're all basically extraterrestrial. That means they're coming from other dimensions to our earthly realm. So they're traveling through dimensions coming here. ETs and angels are the same when it comes to that, how they get here. Uh, they, they travel through dimensions, but angels are, are different because they're summoned by God to do things for humans that'll help them out in their time of need. ETs come here for their own actually benefit, half of them. They're they're trying to repopulate other planets or they're working with us, they're watching over us. You can call each some ETs angels. I, I heard that there's four ET races that actually watch over the earth. They don't want us to have a nuclear war because a nuclear war would would, would destroy this earth and this earth is their test tube. Uh, a lot of ETs are, are using this as a, as a testing site. And it's a, it's a great place because the earth is, if you look at this earth and compare it to other planets, there might be other earths out there. They're saying that there are, but the ETs in a way are kind of look, they're looking over us and they're kind of watching out for us just the same as angels do. 
So some of them have the same job as angels. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, now he's crazy. No, not really. I think there's a lot of ETs. There's four races who actually work with our government. The government never admit that, but it's been coming through in disclosure and also through whistleblowers that these ain't, these ETs have been working with us and helping us out. Uh, they don't want a nuclear war. They're, I hope that they stop one because we got these are crazy times now that, that we have leadership that's really far out there in this, and we're 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 facing some rough times. But I think the ETs. I keep thinking about the ETs being similar to angels in that respect. Some of them, you have to imagine. They said there's about 56 different races of ETs uh, from some estimates. Academia actually was talking about that. Uh, around the universe and we're not the only humans of course there's a lot of human races out there so angels have their hands full in working with all the life that god has produced in the universes and the ets are actually reproducing life too they have their own agenda they produce life i was on a ship uh, i was uh, had a lucid dream that i was on a ship with uh it was a huge ship it had metallic walls, stainless steel, and there was a tall lady that I ran into. She was about seven foot tall. She bald headed, had big eyes. She was very attractive. And but I I ended up in a room to where they had these animals on a podium, and there was a bunch of humanoid looking people uh, in in the room. It was really full. And on these podiums, they had different animals. There was three different animals, and there was a tall humanoid that had a rope or a chain on these these animals. And what I saw, what I thought was, this was a Noah's Ark type of ship. They were creating life and putting it on planets that these people or these things or these animals would survive on. And that's that's where I, I think that, you know, we're, we're all over the universes and the angels and the ETs are actually doing the same work as as God. I guess they're trying to mimic God, and they are when they create life. Uh, they know all about our DNA. They know about other DNAs on other planets, so they're creating life on other planets that would actually would fit that planet's atmosphere, its temperature, and and that type of thing. Actually, we don't we don't actually belong here, from what I heard. I, you know that we have to wear clothes to be on this planet, and we have to wear warm clothes for war, uh, cold cold areas. And we have to wear less clothes in hot areas. So they say for some reason, us humans were just not really made for these temperature variations. So uh, what were we made for? I don't know, Victor, but the, there's other planets out there that probably have more uh, a, a better habitable uh, type of situation than what we might have here. You close your book by sharing that humans are actually supernatural beings. Please explain. Well, yeah, supernatural beings is anything that's outside of our thinking. Uh, ETs are supernatural. Uh, angels are supernatural beings uh, because they're not they're not in in our nature. They're not here with us, and they're not physical. Well, actually, they say there's ETs here in human form all over. Doctor David Jacobs said that they're here with us, but supernatural means it's outside of our world or what we think is our world. They're finding different creatures all the time, science is, but we don't, anything that's beyond our thought and our knowledge, it's not in a book, is more or less supernatural. Uh, angels are supernatural. Uh, cryptids are actually, I, I wrote that in the book, are supernatural. Ghosts 
or supernatural, of course. And what they say about ghosts is Jesus went to his disciples after he he rose on the third day, and he went to his disciples. And doubting Thomas, did he said he didn't believe him, and so he showed him his hands. And his hands had holes in them, but it wasn't his hands. It was actually his wrists. I think they got that wrong uh, in the Bible. And he said he felt the hole in his side, and he said, yes, you are Jesus. And and he, he looks at him, and he says, you would think that you saw a ghost. So this got me into thinking about the ghost thing. And Jesus actually made him. There was kind of a mistake in the Bible because Jesus did not believe in ghosts. He said there was no ghost. And he said, he said, you think you think you're looking at a ghost? It's me, Jesus, not a ghost. But then it comes back around and it says, uh, I think it was in another chapter of the Bible, Luke. It's Luke thirty four thirty seven forty three. Questions whether or not he introduced the Bible contradiction. This was a passage Jesus said the Spirit, as some version states, a ghost. And that was a contradiction in the Bible. So that's the chapter, Luke 24, 37, 43, in which there was a contradiction of ghosts because Jesus didn't believe in ghosts. He said that spirits will stay around for maybe two or three days to make sure the, the human body is dead and the body is, is, is not living anymore and the spirit will leave. And that's that's what Jesus said. And he said about ghosts, there was no ghost. But as we know now, and I just talked to a, a scientific guy who did a, a, a study with Harvard, 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 and uh, now I'm getting dry lips. <laughs> but he said Harvard, and they actually found they have ghosts on film, and they have balls of energy on film, and academia actually believes that there are such things as ghosts, residual energy. So. That is a supernatural thing that actually does exist. I, I've had some doubts about ghosts myself and past lives until I started learning more about DNA. 80% of the junk DNA is actually our past lives and all the way back to our human history and our beginnings. And then ghosts, I found out that, of course, the Bible don't believe in them. Jesus didn't believe in them. There's a contradiction in the verse I just said. And so they're saying that ghosts do exist, residual energy. I had one scientist said, well, ghosts are ETs. Said, no, they're not ghosts, they're ETs. So what are you going to believe? So they're all together, Victor. You got you got ghosts, ETs, older guys, angels. They're all similar, and they all operate in the same manner, except, and also, you said also, Victor, and I said it too, my ET experiences have all been pleasant. They've been spiritual, as a matter of fact. So it's hard to tell, is it angelic? Or is it extraterrestrial well, or, or ET, uh, extraterrestrial? They're all extraterrestrial, but these are the supernatural critters. Uh, the other supernatural critters is is some of the uh, monsters in the Bible, uh, you know, the Leviathan. And, uh, you know, so you got Leviathan and other, other creatures. Uh, let me get my list out here. Uh, they mention oh, quite a few. Uh, Leviathan, uh, the... Oh, I'm trying to think. I got my list. It's a bunch of them, but okay. they we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're running long anyway, so we're gonna, okay. I'm gonna have to cut. So. All right, okay, all right. But uh, there's a list of about eight or nine uh, creatures that the Bible mentions in Nephilim, Leviathan, and Lilith was also a creature they mentioned that was was a bad angel, and uh, so yeah, and Joseph uh, Josephiel 
was the lady angel. And the Bible says, most Bibles say there are no women angels, but there are. Josephine, Josephine, something like that. She's a lady angel. And so they talk about that. How could there not be a lady angel when they talk about it in the Bible? Absolutely. My guest is Dave Emmons. His book, Angels and Spiritual Entities, The Alien Angel Connection. Dave, one more time, please share with our listeners where they can get your books and find out more about you. Uh, Google me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I just said that earlier, but no, uh, you can, you can find my books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and Kindle, and there's other outlets, but those are the, the, the better ones that you can find me on my books. And also on uh, Hangar One Publishing, my publisher, who's got a couple of my books, so you can find out information there. And and actually, you can look on Facebook or YouTube, Rumble, and, and find my shows there, and you'll find out a lot about, uh, and I have guest appearances also that talk about ETs and uh, the such. It's, it's all over the internet. So just look me up, Dave Emmons, Abductions. Yeah, ET abductions, and you'll find a lot of shows and things and my newspaper articles that I have in in the in Google. Dave, so great to have you back again and share all of your experience and wisdom. Thank you, Victor. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you for joining us on Destination Unlimited. I'm Victor, the Voice Furman. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>